0: Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 233 for Monday, February 20th, 2023. My name is Johnny, but the internet knows me as Pixoriffs, and I feel like a bit of a stranger around here these days. Luckily, joining me as always is the ever-familiar Joel Duggan. Hi, Joel. Hello, and if you would like to hear a little bit about where
1: Pixoriffs has been for the last three weeks... A little bit more about the Hammercraft TCG and our plans for Minecraft Legends in the future, then you should check out the Render Distance. It's the extended version of the podcast. You can join the conversation at patreon.com slash the spawn chunks. And as always, we have a chunk mail dispenser coming up this month. However, we're pushing that to next week because this week it's all about catching up with pixel riffs.
0: Yeah. So, um, did anything happen while I was away? <laughs> it's <laughs> it is the, is the joke I've been planning since mm-hmm. um, actually before I left because armor trim happened basically right as I was leaving. Like I I almost show, considered yeah. spending the the evening before I uh, went out to to the states frantically making a video about armor trim so that I could have something else to upload while I was away. Um, but no, I I've I've been keeping up with the news, of course, and. We decided that, yeah, today's discussion was really just going to be catching up with my opinions on everything, plus a little bit extra that happened in the in the snapshots this week. Um, but I've spent basically the whole vacation playing Stardew Valley, so the first thing I did when I got back was load up Minecraft and find everything in a fresh snapshot in Survival, and I have a few opinions about where that's going and the, the, the process of finding a lot of these features in early game Survival especially. Like, it feels like some of the stuff is much more of a long-term consideration. Um, but in the meantime, I've, I've not really done a huge amount else in Minecraft except uh, one stream on Empires SMP where I think Fwip was discussing his plans for a big build at spawn on Empires when he was uh, visiting the show. So I'm helping out with that The first thing I've done is go and kill a bunch of withers. Now I have a wither skeleton farm, nice and easy to farm up wither skulls to get hold of beacons, and so uh, we're probably going to light the entire thing with beacons. I have about a stack of them already (laughs) because it turns out this wither skeleton farm is very efficient, and then just cheesing the wither under the bedrock portal in the end was simple enough. Uh, so that's what I've done. Uh, while I mention FWIP, by the way, I should probably just say a, a quick thank you to Mythical Sausage FWIP and Fixit for filling in uh, for me over my vacation. They all did a fantastic job and it was really entertaining hearing a couple of different voices on the podcast and uh, tuning in as an audience member instead of a host for once.
1: I, again, I'll echo that. Thank you. Uh, I thank them all individually, of course, but it was a great deal of fun to to have them on. And I mean, folks that are that creative in Minecraft and that you know, used to being on mic with YouTube videos and stuff are just always a pleasure to have on the podcast. They're just a, a good, fun group of group of dudes to, to chill out with and, and nerd out with about Minecraft.
0: Yeah, and even, like, not having the show notes open because I was listening to a couple of these episodes on the plane... I could still picture a lot of the stuff that they were talking about, the stuff that I've seen in their thumbnails for other series or seen on the server on Empires, and it's really cool hearing a little bit more of the the behind-the-scenes about it from them. So, yeah, once again, recommend going and checking out those episodes if you've skipped over them, because they are definitely worth a listen.
1: So I've been keeping myself very busy over the last week or so on the Citadel, slowly working my way through my uh, to-do list of Doom, which has been... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> coin uh because i tend to add something every time i check two or three things off i was like oh i found something that i forgot to add to the list in the first place uh but i moved from uh the east gate uh down to i uh, i finished up the the south gate area and i've added light and the 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 plan was to like you know light the east the south gate so it's not a death trap you know make sure that i've got some flowers and or or bushes around and, and some of that stuff was already in place and then I reworked the South Gate to have a portcullis, as one does, because apparently I needed to add a three-hour stream to my day. And <laughs> of course, it, I mean it worked out very well. I was quite happy with it. Uh, I got to the South Gate and realized quite quickly it didn't have a door, <laughs> like mm-hmm. was, it was—it wasn't a gate at all. It was just an archway, like welcome in everybody. So I was like, well, I tried putting a door down at first, and it took up too much space because, of course, I didn't design it to have a door. And so i retrofitted it with a portcullis and i really have to say that you know um, figuring out how to do these and and using chains and barrels uh to make them look like they could be risen or dropped uh really does uh, add a lot to to different gates i ended up um, increasing the height of one of the towers to accommodate it and it was a fair amount of work and i wasn't planning on spending a lot of time in this kind of like to-do list redoing anything i was supposed to be like adding detail and putting the final touches on stuff resisting the urge to like go back and rebuild something i built two years ago that i didn't think was very good uh but it worked out it ended up working out quite well and from there it was just a matter of like bouncing down the ramparts and like adding little things like a crate here or adding a trapdoor and a sign to something to make it look like it's got boards on it like a lot of the little kind of things that just help break out the color and and move things along um, and then bumping into the south part of the main road there's a road that runs north south and west hill and doing the same thing you know like piling up some deep slate tile on the side of the road and it looks like a, a pile of material you know um, putting down things like barrels or rain gutters um, you know water logging trap doors and making it look like they're uh, you know a barrel full of water that kind of thing but I think the most fun I had along the south road was building like a custom uh, cart, like a, a horse and buggy cart with like hay and bricks and different stuff on the back of it. I really enjoy trying to figure out how to work those little things in. And even if there's like a little, I don't want to call it a mistake, but I had to fudge the way that the wheels were positioned because in order to have the cart up against something, the wheels would have been on the outside block. So I think the one rear wheel is actually inside, like it's kind of closer to the, you know, to the mid the to where it should be. But because of that, it just it really it, I know the mistake is there, but no one else is ever going to notice it. And I think that kind of build kind of like made me realize, you know, there's a number of things that I can do with these details that if I can fudge it, then it'll end up working out a lot better for me in the long run because then I won't have to sacrifice like the block that I like in a wall or if I want to have the cart up against something, it won't keep me from doing that if I'm okay with like mentally doing the gymnastics to say like, okay, look, I know the wheel is not exactly where it should be, but it's going to
0: look fine because it's underneath the cart. and No one's going to see it yeah it's a medieval town like i can think of a a handful of reasons why the the wheel is like it's just got a wonky wheel it's been a well-used cart. it's kind of busted the axle was mismeasured anything like that like you can you can sort of explain away a lot of that stuff and as long as it looks half decent from the outside and it doesn't ruin the aesthetic of the build then i think you've got uh, a variety of excuses you can keep in your back pocket in case anybody asks
1: and boy, do I wish we could place fences horizontal, like oh, yeah. <laughs> the axle, the axle is busted because the axle doesn't exist because you right, can't make yes. one in Minecraft unless it's, unless you, your cart is so big that a tree mm. <laughs> is, your axle is not a meter by meter wide, then you're kind of out of luck, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's uh doing all this kind of stuff has added a lot of, a lot of vibe and detail and adding like vines crawling up a place and uh i try to stay away from using too much uh of the mini blocks and the armor stand data pack just because i don't want to fall victim to this like well this just makes everything look really cool i don't want to do too much of it i want to try to stick to vanilla minecraft as much as i can but i did i did grab a uh lit redstone lamp mini block and hang it from the end of a chain uh and and stick that in front of a house and it just it's just a simple little touch but it just kind of it adds just a little bit more life to what otherwise is a pretty boring uh deep slate facade um some of these places along the main road are actually houses so they don't have as clear a function as say like a leather shop or a flower shop or a bakery and so you have to kind of like work to make them feel unique Whereas, you know, you want to make a bakery feel unique, put a bunch of, you know, bread out in front or have like flour barrels everywhere, like stuff like that can really help, you know, you detail how a build and communicate what it is. But when it doesn't really have a function other than just like someone lives here, then it's a little bit more, more challenging.
0: I got to say, as somebody who's spent the last couple of weeks in the States dealing with American road infrastructure, I'm delighted you put a roundabout outside the front gate <laughs> because that's, <laughs> I, I assume that's not what it's meant to be necessarily, but I see, I see a circular thing built at a crossroads and I immediately assume roundabout and it makes me happy. Um, but I, that's something that I wanted to highlight from these screenshots as something that I so rarely think about. And it's something that I've kind of done on Empire's SMP, but only because my build is a ruin and so i don't think as much about the stuff that's kind of inside the area as much as you know what is the history of the place but transport infrastructure outside of a big walled off town like this really helps it sit in with the landscape in kind of the same way that on a smaller scale adding bushes around a build makes it feel like it's been there for a while because if i was building this I would inevitably build everything inside the city walls and then go, well, that's it. I've completed a city. I don't need to really have it blend in with the surroundings anymore. Forgetting that there must be places for people to come and go. And, you know, a city on this sort of scale and with this amount of entrances and roads around the outside is going to need some sort of central junction around which that all revolves. And... I think it looks great out there on the plains, although I can't imagine the amount you must be restraining yourself from going, but surely there would be some sort of structure on here and then just expanding the town outwards to meet this this road junction, right? That is
1: really difficult. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, just north of that junction is going to be another farm. So, like, that at least is going to help wall it in when it's all finished. Sure. But, it's, it's, the,
0: the land is spoken for there, at least. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that was one of those streams where you're just like, I just need to put the grind in because in one of the screenshots you can see from above, it used to be all dirt. It used to be a yeah, dirt, dirt road. And what ended up happening on the east side of town i connected some of the the roads outside the bridge and the east gate and i really like the way that it looked once it all got you know filled in it reminds you of like the old roman roads right as old as they were they would have been cobblestone for most of them and and so this i was like okay at least around the town i have to extend the stone brick and it doesn't have to be fancy i just need it to not be dirt And the nice thing about that is that it's a little bit easier to texture. You don't have to go kind of too overboard with it. You know, crack stone, cobblestone, stone bricks, pretty straightforward. Uh, You also have a lot more leeway in terms of slabs if you want to go up and down gradually, which is nice. And uh, I decided I'm just going to take the stone to the East Bridge. I'm going to take the stone until it goes around the bend. And so what's cool about the decision to change it into dirt is like when you're at one of the farms all you can see is dirt road for as far as the eye can see. It's mm-hmm. not until you go up the road heading south and go around the bend, once you see the town, the road changes from dirt to stone. And then you're right, into yeah. like the crossroads. And I'm hoping to go back, uh, depending on when 1.20 comes out, with hanging signs and put, um, you're talking about structures, you know, near the this kind of like crossroads area. And for me, what I want it to be is I want there to be a couple of signs on the co- like the quote unquote corners where the roads meet to be like you know west to you know like in insert an imaginary you know land name yeah. here you know the western slopes you know or south to the fishing village or whatever and have these little like the kind of things you see in video games where there's like an arrow it says this way I think Skyrim mm-hmm. had that you know like this way to this town and this way to this town yeah and so I'm hoping to add stuff like that in there which would be which would be fun and it's still very much a work in progress like the only thing I did was adjust the road direction and feel like some of them were curved the wrong way i they weren't they didn't feel very good I, I wanted to change the direction of the road so that when you approached the town you were more straight on like looking right at that big front gate because mm-hmm. i want that to be like an experience and then i just after i did all that adjusting i filled them all in with stone well because of just the sheer size of these roads it took me five hours like it was just yeah, one of those dreams you just you kind of like you plug in and t- talk with chat and you just start placing blocks like a madman and and uh but i'm glad it's done because the dirt roads were in so many screenshots when i wanted to take wider you know snapshots of stuff yeah and they just didn't feel right and now at least i mean it feels like a super flat world right now because i've not done anything you know fancy with it but i've started on the front gate the front gate didn't have any greenery uh, and the, the guard house there at the front gate, well, it's still empty actually. That's one of the things that I discovered I as I walked inside to say like, what is this again? And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's empty. Crap. <laughs> Add that to the do list. <laughs> Need to return yeah. and finish that. Mm-hmm. Um, but putting all the stuff on the outside of it, immediately having just like a little bit of, of low bushes and a vine going up the front gate made the front gate of the town feel like it's been there for more than two years, which is. Mm-hmm physically how long it's been there in game. But it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's 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 nice that it feels a little bit older. So I've got a lot more work to do out there. There's probably going to be if not a custom tree, certainly a couple of those oak trees that you force to grow into the big ones just to try and get something um that Flip and I were talking about uh you know a couple of weeks ago which was getting something to pass in front of the player as they walk around the road so that when you come around the corner the tree kind of reveals the gate, and I know right where I want to put it. It's on the left as you walk up, but the stuff like that still has to happen. But it's—I'm trying not to get caught up with it because, as you just as you said, like the the draw to like start putting all kinds of stuff around this road is there. But I was like, I have to finish inside the town. I can always come back to the medieval area later, do another farm you know, add in more road, like do something if I'm in that mood. But what I really want to try to focus on and stuff within the walls, I just I want to make the front gate feel like it works. And then after that, I'll come back outside and I'll do the final touches out there because I've got on my to do list is a a section called like the surrounding countryside. And that's kind of got things like finishing a bridge and that kind of stuff on it. So I'm trying to leave that stuff to last so I can at least say that West Hill is like checkbox done,
0: but uh, I've still got a ways to go. Smart yeah like it's as always a fantastic project to see move forward week to week and having taken a couple of weeks off there's all these little fun details popping up and I'm seeing something different every time I see a screenshot. Um, pretty soon though, you'll be able to add potentially cherry trees into this, and I think we should move on into the news so that we can talk about those. Uh, this week we got Minecraft Java Edition Snapshot 23W07A, which I'll quote from the article, this week is bringing you the sniffer, archaeology, and the cherry blossom biome as experimental features for the 1.20 update. Changes for the 1.19.4 release include interaction entities and updates to jukeboxes, and horse breeding, so we're going to break all of that down for you. Changes in 23W07A include jukeboxes changing to be at parity with Bedrock Edition, horse breeding has been updated, and they've updated the realm screen to be more in line with the single player and multiplayer screens. Recipe unlocking has differed slightly. The crafting table recipe is unlocked immediately on creating a new world, so you no longer have to gather wood in order to see that from your 2x2 crafting inventory, the crossbow recipe is no longer unlocked by sticks, and the soul campfire recipe is no longer unlocked by sticks either. So jukeboxes, while playing a music disc, will now emit a redstone signal of 15. This does not affect comparator behaviour, so you'll still be able to measure the output signal of different music discs, but they emit a native redstone signal of 15 from the block itself, and droppers and hoppers can now interact with it to input and presumably remove music discs. Horses. When breeding horses and the like, the baby's speed, jump height, and health were no longer biased towards the average as of this snapshot. So this change is intended to make horse breeding a viable way of getting better horses. If a player starts with good parents and puts in enough time in golden carrots, they can hope to breed a faster, more healthy, or higher jumping horse. A few technical changes in 23w07a. The vanilla resource pack en underscore us language file is now sorted alphanumerically by key. A new recipe serializer crafting underscore decorated underscore pot has been added for the new decorated pot recipe, about which more later. And they've added a show underscore notification field to recipes. A little bit about interaction entities, there's a little bit more about this on the changelog itself. These are a new type of entity that records attacks, i.e. left clicks and interactions, i.e. right clicks. Interactions are invisible and of a custom size. You can change parameters like height and width, which default to one. Uh, The entity records the last attack and interaction with a response value that the player can use to specify whether the entity responds to being attacked or interacted with by playing sound effects, generating particles, etc. These parameters also store the ID of the player interacting with it, and a timestamp. Attacking or interaction can trigger two types of custom advancements, and it can also cause the entity to target the player, so it's responsible for triggering effects on the player as a result. And this is going to be a really useful tool for map makers, it's not really going to interact with the survival game at all, but uh, it definitely adds a a bunch of really interesting functionality for people who are making maps. Now, experimental features for 1.20 in 23w07a include adding the sniffer mob, a cherry grove biome, and archaeology. The sniffer is the mob vote winner of Minecraft Live 2022 and the first quote unquote ancient mob to be added to the game. Sniffers cannot be tempted or tamed, they are passive, friendly mobs which sniff in the air and occasionally dig for seeds. Currently they dig up the new torchflower plant seeds. The torchflower seeds can be planted on farmland like crops, but they grow into a flower. The seed can be used to breed two sniffers, and the fully grown flower can be harvested and replanted, but can also be crafted into orange dye. The cherry grove biome was added in this snapshot with pretty cherry blossom trees. You can find it in mountains, similar locations to meadow biomes. This includes a new pink petals block, which scatters pink flowers on the ground. Cherry also comes with a brand new leaf block and a new cherry wood set, which includes all of the corresponding wooden things crafted from it, everything from planks to boats, hanging signs, all that kind of stuff. Archeology span introduces the brush, suspicious sand, pottery shards, And decorative pots. The brush is a craftable item you can use to brush things, although it only has an effect on suspicious sand right now. Suspicious sand can now be found in desert temples and in desert wells. It's a fragile block, hard to spot and easy to destroy, so be careful. Brushing the suspicious sand with a brush will extract objects that were buried long ago. These include pottery shards which have pictures on them, cannot be crafted, and are only found by brushing suspicious sand. Crafting four pottery shards together will create a decorated pot with a picture on each side. You can also use brick items instead of pottery shards in the decorated pot recipe, and the sides which were made from brick items don't have any pictures on, they are simply blank. To smash a decorated pot you can use any block breaking tool, this will break it apart to get your pottery shards back. Alternatively, you can hit it with a fist or without holding a tool in your hand to pick up the pot itself without breaking it down. There are a few bug fixes in 23w07a, a full list of those will be over at minecraft.net, but some significant ones include the bug for horse breeding, never exceeding egg or spawn horse attributes, which has now been fixed after a very long time, Uh, servers showing as old in the server list on startup, Alays sometimes having a several second delay before deciding to follow the player, the game crashing when navigating with arrow keys after changing keybinds, or drowned that are swimming, rendering outside of their hitboxes when looking up or down. All of those have been fixed in the snapshot, along with a bunch of other bug fixes and changes. You can find those on the 23W07A changelog over at minecraft.net.
1: As PixelRiffs mentioned, the sniffer is coming to Minecraft 1.20 and an article on minecraft.net outlines that the sniffer mechanics are being presented in the snapshot, but not all of them. In the earliest snapshots, betas, and previews, you will be able to find the sniffer in creative mode without all of its functions, for example, finding and hatching the egg. But don't worry, the sniffer that will join Minecraft 1.20 is going to have all of the functionality that you voted for during Minecraft Live 2022. Sniffer eggs will be found in suspicious sand, which also contains other objects like pottery shards. Once you've unearthed your egg, it's time to help it hatch. I implore you to pay close attention to this part of the process because you have not lived until you have seen a snifflet burst out of its shell. In another article, cherry blossom biomes are coming to the game. It's also confirmed that this is the final reveal in our Minecraft 1.20 feature list. Although players are still encouraged to continue sending feedback on the revealed features, so Mojang can tweak them based on player suggestions. Pigs, sheep, and bees will be native to the Cherry Grove biome. The Cherry Tree can be broken down into a full wood set, which includes the new hanging signs. Cherry Tree saplings will also drop so that they can be replanted elsewhere.
0: So obviously the main discussion this week is going to focus on the stuff that I need to catch up on when it comes to Minecraft 1.20's features, but the thing I keep coming back to is the Cherry Grove article saying that that was the last feature reveal for 1.20, so we can now kind of recap what 1.20 has in store for us in terms of features, and it's... A pretty substantial update on paper. Um, there are two new wood types from bamboo and cherry, obviously bamboo kind of existed beforehand but we have so many new crafting recipes for it now, including some unique craftables, you've got bamboo mosaic and rafts from that. The cherry grove is an entirely new biome, we have archaeology which introduces suspicious sands and decorated pots, we have smithing templates, armour trim, and changes to the netherite upgrade path, we have the sniffer which in turn introduces torch flowers and potentially other flowers as well, and then you've got chisel bookshelves, hanging signs to camel and piglin mob heads. That doesn't even cover some of the under the hood changes, perhaps because a lot of those have been introduced for 1.19.4 because they're relevant to mechanics and bits and pieces we have in the game already um the other thing i want to highlight is that this week's snapshot changelog also begins by pretty clearly communicating which changes are coming to 119.4 and which are coming to 1.20 which i really appreciate it says everything below the experimental features header is 1.20 content and we've been calling for this for a little while on the show and it brings so much clarity to the change logs to have that clearly signposted at the beginning of the article so i want to give a big hand to the people responsible for writing that one
1: they're also doing it more in game as well with the create new world screens and experimental features screens being very clear it's no longer just like you got to find the data pack screen and add the 1.20 experimental data pack there's like a, a clearer communication just in the game that there are some experimental features that you can enable. And I, I agree, I think that highlighting that that uh, difference at the start of the article is very helpful. I think it will take a little bit of time for players to just get used to the fact that there are two lists, you know, like there's a list of stuff that's coming in the 119.4, and there's a list of features that are coming in 1.20. So anybody that is feeling that 1.20 is a little bit light, I'd say like, well, we're all used to having everything that's being announced right now in 1.19.4 under the hood and all of the shiny new features in 1.20 in one big list. And so instead, we're getting the technical stuff sooner in a minor update and then the more flagship gameplay stuff later in in the 1.20 update. And I think that's, um, again, good. I'd rather more frequent updates and more frequent changes to the game. It's just going to take a little bit to get used to in terms of like it doesn't feel like a lot but it it really is like it it is a lot it's just that it's it's coming in two two sections right
0: yeah and it feels like really the technical changes are what happens in the decimal snapshots and the survival changes like the main features are the things that happen in the the milestone Uh, updates so yeah i think it's it's more or less figuring itself out right now but like communicating it like that really does help especially when you're making a show about this every week and you have to divide up the show notes and try and get some clarity out of those so uh, yeah hopefully hopefully that's a little bit more uh understandable for for the layman out there and uh it's certainly making our job a lot easier Um, So aside from the 1.20 stuff that we're going to be talking about, there are still a few significant changes in here. I think the one I'm probably happiest about really is horses, which is strange because most of the time when I get around, I'm getting around on Elytra, but I like the fact that horses are now a more viable proposition. And it seems like this mechanic would have been a little bit overpowered back in the day, which is probably why horses have worked the way they have for a while. But now we have better transport solutions than horses for the late game. It really makes sense that you can invest some time into breeding up a, a, a valuable horse that's maybe going to forestall you going and getting Elytra for a little while longer. And I think that's a, a very valuable change to the game in general.
1: And I think, you know, being able to breed faster horses as you're cruising around looking for armor trim, right? Like it supports a faster way to explore the overworld before you get to the nether. Like you've got more reasons to explore the overworld now coming in 1.20 before you need to go to the nether and start making nether tunnels. Like you kind of, you don't want to go through the nether blindly and then pop out in the overworld hoping you're near something. You want to be going through the overworld looking for shipwrecks, looking for Uh, pillager posts looking for jungle temples like you want to have your eyes and ears around looking for stuff and i and i think that um it just it kind of emphasizes the exploration and all of this i think is also underlying all the work that went into the 118 update with the way that they changed the terrain and i'm seeing a theme through a lot of the overworld changes coming in both 119.4 and 1.20 which is getting players to want to spend more time in the overworld walking Mm -hmm. around or i mean like flying around later but like moving around in the overworld on purpose and uh the horse thing for me also i think makes a lot of sense just from a logic standpoint and i like it when they revisit old mechanics in the game that either were like that for a reason like you said before elytra existed or they just don't make sense. Like it just, it's more logical that if you breed two really fast horses together that you're going to get something that is as fast or maybe even faster than the parents. That to me lines up. That's how I would expect that mechanic to work as a video game player. Like that's just, I would say bare bones logic. And I think that sometimes some of the Minecraft quirks were in there because that's just how they like how the they designed the game at first for no other reason than cuz that's how they wanted to or they thought it would be funny or for whatever the reason was and i think now that the game has evolved you know over 11 plus years i think that it's nice to see these changes where they line up with a little bit more logic
0: yeah it's not going to have quite the same impact but it reminds me of the lighting changes where mobs only spawn in complete darkness now yes and like that's one of those things that as far back as we can remember it's worked a specific way but trying to explain why to anybody who's new to the game you just kind of have to hand wave it a little bit so i think it's it's nice that that's going to be a slightly more user-friendly mechanic to newer players and is going to make perhaps a little more logical sense overall um but yeah it remains to be seen whether that's severely going to sway any players back towards horse breeding or if people are still going to be rushing the end game for, for elytra but this definitely plays into one of the play styles that they've identified as a major group of players in minecraft's player base and that's explorers it's people who enjoy just roaming the world looking for stuff so yeah it definitely while it's not going to appeal all the time to folks who are into redstone and building it's definitely going to be a uh, a feather in the cap for the explorers for sure
1: And anybody that wants to do mini games, you know, horse races, if you want to try to get everybody on either a similar horse or like, hey, uh, the horse race is in a week. Uh, you have seven days to figure out how to breed your best horse. Everybody show up and see who wins. Like Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of opportunities there for it to be a little bit more of a mini game, something else to do in, in Minecraft. And I think also if you're paying attention and you're exploring that part of Minecraft, breeding animals and breeding horses together, it's one less thing you have to pop out and look at a wiki before, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's true of the other change that I wanted to note, which is unlocking the crafting recipe for the crafting table. As soon as you enter a Minecraft world, it feels like a change to me that's made to really make the game more inviting for new players, like really new players, people that have never been in or really spent much time even watching Minecraft videos. Uh, I think it's kind of like they want to kind of like not necessarily handhold, but they kind of want to invite you to punch a tree you know, and say like, yeah. you need, you need wood. Well, where do I get wood? Well, everybody knows wood comes from trees and you're probably staring right at one when you enter the game. So like, I think that that's a good change. And I think it kind of invites the, you know, exploring what I do in game before very quickly loading up, you know, YouTube, not not to you know devalue the survival guide and its, and its uses. But I think that there are probably a fair amount of players that pop open Minecraft, don't know what to do, get frustrated and then turn it off and never return. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that they want to kind of um, create that game loop cycle as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah. I mean, even being in the business of making Minecraft tutorials, I think the game needs to be able to onboard players well for them to get hooked and stick around. Yeah. So I'm, I'm entirely fine with that. Um, last thing to touch on really is the jukebox changes. I think Hermitcraft has been using a data pack or some sort of mod in order to enable this kind of interaction already. So it's really cool that it's reaching vanilla at this point and that uh, you know, you can feed music discs in using a uh a hopper or a, a dropper potentially, but then the redstone signal emitted by the jukebox is effectively going to lock any neighbouring hoppers so they won't be able to feed a new disc in or take a new disc out until the disc is finished playing, which is a smart way of doing it. I know there have been some issues with the game in the past trying to like time that and 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 not necessarily counting the jukebox as playing a disc for the length of the record itself depending on how long the record is but i assume those are being ironed out for the sake of this being a a viable mechanic and yeah kind of neat in tandem with the the amount of other sound features that we're getting like mob heads on note blocks and that kind of thing like we we can we can see people using these to to great effect in upcoming updates And,
1: you know, with skulk sensors, you can now have your favorite music disc play, you know, like whenever you enter your base, you just have to (laughs) skulk sensor. Here's your footsteps coming, triggers redstone and then triggers, you know, (laughs) pig step plays as you enter your base. Like it's exactly right. Like I mean, it's, I think that's cool. And I mean, if you want to get into the, the resource pack side of it, you know, you can change that to whatever sound you want. You want eerie Halloween noises to play for your server mates when they walk into you know, your Haunted Mansion build, you can do that too um, without having to move a guardian all the way <laughs> into the attic, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that kind of stuff I think is is really, really cool. I, I'm surprised that they don't have the ability to then take the disc out because it is a jukebox and that is, you know, how jukeboxes function in, you know, real world is that you can add a disc or take out a disc. And and I think it would be cool if they could add the ability to, I would say probably the hopper on the bottom You know, if if that was the one way that it could be um, pulled out with, you know, and then you can just lock the hopper or don't lock the hopper depending on timings and stuff like that, because I think I think having that ability would complete this feature right now, it feels like one of those things that Mojang gets about 80% of the way through and then just feel like it's great. I don't want to complain about it, but like you haven't finished it, (laughs) you know, like I feel feel like being able to take the, the disc out somehow and change discs would really complete um the feature rather than having to wait for the the disc to play through the whole way um i thought it was interesting that when you play a disc it doesn't matter which one you get a full signal strength of 15 Mm -hmm. but if you add a comparator to the uh to the to the jukebox then depending on which disc you have in there a different signal strength is put out
0: yeah yeah yeah, and, and that's been the case for a little while and now we have almost a full range from 1 to 15 because they've added new music discs recently. So I think yeah. there's, uh, there's a lot to be done with that now. I like the idea of using music discs as, if not like a combination lock, then at least a key where if you you know put a certain music disc in it opens one door uh, you know hidden door in your base but then if you put a different music disc in maybe it opens a different door that can be a really neat way of navigating a dungeon or something like that where you keep returning to a central hub it, every sort of offshoot of that that you go to gives you the next music disc in the chain and then that opens up a door to the next dungeon and it's something that i've been planning on doing either on empires where i'm designing custom experiences for people or you know just as a, a fun exercise in in a different world but i kind of like the idea of using that for uh for, for other bits and pieces
1: fun from a map maker or even an education standpoint too because like if you're looking for a key to open a door m- maybe it's a musical key you know as opposed as opposed to uh like a, thinking about a key like you turn a key in a lock but like the key of c or the you know yeah, those sure. kind of yeah. things. like, like, like you have know, fun play on words like little mysteries and riddles and things that you could kind of like oh you know you have to find the right key to take access to the tomb and there's no key like there's just a there's just a music
0: disc right so mm-hmm. yeah kind of reminds me of like uh survival horror games like silent hill where they'll have like a, a puzzle that requires you to solve a riddle and then play the piano a certain way <laughs> that kind of thing um let's move on to chunk mail though because we have a couple of emails coming through one of which is going to sort of lead us into the main discussion but we've got something a little different first so uh why don't you take it away if you would like to email the show you can drop us line at
1: spawn at gmail.com first one comes in from pine one needle a novel name for our favorite game hi johnny and joel after the final features for minecraft 1.20 were announced mythical sausage and cubfan 135 both started popular threads on twitter discussing potential names for the update king b dogs previously described the theme for 1.20 as quote-unquote self-expression representation and storytelling features like bamboo blocks and camels seem to be inspired by locations around the globe and features like chiseled bookshelves and hanging signs allow players to write down their stories in new ways Given these themes, I propose calling Minecraft 1.20 the Travels and Tales update. Do you like this name, or do you have ideas of your own for a name for the update? I look forward to hearing what you think. Pine One Needle got lost on an adventure, but at least it will make a good story later.
0: It certainly will. Uh, I like the name. Uh, Bonus points for alliteration, I think. Um, And I'll go back to my previous thoughts on the topic, which is that I saw somebody suggest Heritage Update. And I think that works really well since archaeology is now included and we have the addition of cherry wood this week. Um, Bamboo and cherry obviously have cultural significance to particularly East Asian cultures. And as you noted in the email, camels are familiar to folks from the Middle East. The sniffer is even an original mob from Minecraft's own ancient past. And so I think heritage still fits really well. I think the only downside to it being that heritage might be an unfamiliar word for younger players and it doesn't sound too exciting on paper. Um, It tends to evoke the more boring side of history for people who still consider history to be boring. Um, And that's where I think something like the proposed Travels and Tales update kind of has the edge. It's like the Wonderful World update or something like that, where it feels more celebratory and in little bite-sized concepts that younger players might understand a bit better than something like Heritage.
1: I got hung up on the alliteration as well, and the only other thing I can think of would be something to do with time. Mm-hmm. so archaeology time time passing takes time to travel i don't know i but then you don't want to get into like you know it, it, the, the the name of the update kind of insinuating any kind of time travel you know just yeah it might get just depending on you know if you start because when you translate things into different languages sometimes things are flipped in order and so it like I don't know what it might you know communicate. So, but I, I think I think travels and tales or tales and travels. Like I, I think that that could be a viable you know I could easily see Mojang going in, in that direction. I confess I haven't thought much about the title up until this email, and um, in a weird way like when you've got a good suggestion like my brain just kind of like circles in that little <laughs> in that little area, and I I couldn't think of anything else other than something to do with archaeology. Like I can I can see them putting you know, the archae- the archeology update as like the flag of it, just because the sniffer and archeology span are the two big, big things. And they're both tied together now. And I feel like that could be it, but I don't know if they're going to go that simple.
0: Yeah, um, I, I sort of think ancient update would almost work, but mm-hmm. for the fact that we already have a structure called ancient cities and that sort of, <laughs> that puts me in mind right. of the the people who were mad about the wild update not feeling wild enough and I expect people might have a bone to pick with ancient update not really updating ancient cities beyond putting a couple of armor trim items in a chest somewhere, you know? Right. So I, I, I worry that they would run the risk of that with, with ancient, but like evoking history in some way definitely seems to be... On the cards but the self-expression side of the update really can't be understated like I think I think there's so much in there now that's um like better for people's identity within the game and feeling ownership of certain features especially with armor that yeah there's there's potential for that to still work its way into the uh the storytelling side of things as well so yeah it's it's tricky and I can see why they've held off naming it up until now because the community comes up with some pretty great ideas for it and you know I'm sure they've been working with a, a name or two internally but it, it stops us from jumping the gun and assuming certain features are going to pop up while still I think having a little bit of room for working with the community on what they feel the update should be called.
1: And I think, too, that now that Mojang has decided to separate minor updates and major updates, it does mean that the major updates are a little bit smaller. And Mm -hmm. so the names can't be quite as grandiose, you know, as like the wild update feels large, right? Like it feels big. Yeah. So I I can see them wanting to go with something a little bit more down to earth, like a travels and tales kind of idea. Yeah. Um, And I don't know about heritage. I, I feel like there's probably more people out there that might know about heritage than, than you think. A uh, fun fact, it's actually Heritage Day in Nova Scotia today. It's a holiday. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, wow. Yeah, yes. Yeah, coincidence. Celebrated on the third Monday in February, uh, Nova Scotia Heritage Day is an annual reminder of our storied past and an opportunity to honor remarkable people, places and events that have contributed to the province's unique history. So uh, it's, you know, everything from poets and artists to politicians, world events, like, well, I'll say world, world events, you know, like, things that would have affected the province greatly. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's it's a it's a holiday like, you know, kids have the day off school and uh depending on I think provincial governments, I don't know whether I think federal government is also closed because each province in February takes the third Monday and it's but it's called something different in every province. So th- it's not it's not heritage day in every province like different they have, like I think Ontario calls it Family Day and mm-hmm. it's just a time to spend with with the family. But yeah, anyway, just kind of a funny, fun fact that you brought up heritage having not (laughs) yeah, we didn't talk about this before. I just I just realized when you mentioned it
0: in the show notes earlier. That's a really cool and very neat coincidence. And I mean, thank you for working on Heritage Day, I guess. If everybody else has the day off, we're still here doing the podcast. Um, Let's move on to email number two. This one comes in from Shepard, who is a landscape artist member of our Discord. And this is kind of going to be our springboard into the main discussion, but features some of Shepard's opinions quite heavily here. The subject is, are 1.20 features sandboxy enough? Dear Johnny and Joel, Minecraft 1.20 is supposed to be, among other things, centered around self-expression. Features that potentially fall into that category are armor trims, mob heads on note blocks, and now pottery. One of Minecraft's strengths has always been how sandboxy it is. You can combine things provided by the game in new and unexpected ways that the game designers may not even have thought of. I get the feeling that these latest editions fall a bit short of that. Yes, there are many, many combinations of armor and armor trims, but wouldn't it be cooler if patterns could be layered to create something entirely new by the player, like with banner patterns? The pots look a lot more polished than when they were first presented, but at present they can only show four different patterns on four sides, and there's no way for players to change the color of pots, or the patterns themselves, it's just a decoration feature now, not for storytelling. And mob heads placed on note blocks play a limited and random selection of that mob's sounds. You can't control which sound you get. Instead of giving us the tools to create more diverse music, for example by extending the length of notes generated by note blocks, are we just getting a lot of predefined stuff to choose from instead of tools to create our own stuff? A counter-argument could be that the self-expression lies in how you combine these things with other things in the world, how you can integrate them as details into a larger picture. But isn't that true for every new block in the game that extends our build palette? I might be playing Devil's Advocate a bit here, but I'm still eager to hear your thoughts. Shepard was killed by the slash damage command. (laughs) It's such a unique way to die. (laughs) Yes. And uh, I, I haven't used slash damage yet, but I frequently in creative worlds end up using slash kill just to warp myself back to spawn. It seems like such a brutal way of doing it instead of teleporting yourself and defining the dimension and stuff. But if I'm just messing around in the end or the nether, it's so much easier to just slash kill, drop all of my items there and then go back to the overworld. I've, I've done that when
1: I've had to do some, you know, admin work on the Citadel where I, thankfully we've got a a portal like right at one, one in the world. That's not our spawn, but like, at least if I need to get someplace in a hurry when I'm flying around, you know, fixing bugs or, or doing command block stuff for our world travel, um, fast travel hub. Um, at least I can pop back to one one like super fast. You know, mm-hmm. and just yeah. I don't. I don't have a complicated set of coordinates to memorize for spawn. I can just go one 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 hundred and just like float down to the portal and be on my way.
0: That, that was a complete diversion from the the subject of Shepherd's email. But uh, yeah, the uh, the the customization stuff. And th- this is this is an interesting, I guess, philosophical argument in a sense is that we are being given a set of building blocks, something that we're fairly used to in Minecraft, but. Does it feel limiting in the range of stuff that is possible with those blocks? And, and could it be possible for players to get more out of them from a personalization standpoint if their features were a little more widely applicable?
1: And I think that sometimes when players complain or note that there's not enough options what I feel like really is the underlying reason for that is that they don't have enough control mm-hmm. and or they're looking for better options, which I know is subjective. Because So to touch on like armor trim, uh, yes, there are going to be people that like all of it. There are going to be people that don't like most of it. But I think in general, there are going to be a couple of armor trim combinations where people are just not going to find it appealing. It's like the joke that no, no one likes diorite when it's a perfectly good block. Um, but for example, things like the vanilla blue diamond armor with something like a redstone trim, it it's loud. Like if you like loud, then you're good. But there's a lot of people out there that I think are like, this is really kind of garish. Like it's not how I want to walk around and, and look. Um, and, and I think that that then kind of like pushes players to want more control and it's a delicate balance. I had imagined that, you know, Mojang they could have just given, you know, a limited number of combinations where you don't have as many combos as we do now. Uh, therefore eliminating the ones that Mojang has decided were ugly and didn't want in the game. But that's not how Minecraft works. It's a sandbox game. And so, I mean, what I find interesting is that, you know, in emails like this, you kind of have to remind people, well, like if you don't like it, then don't play with it. You know, like if you if you don't like the armor trim, you don't have to use it. Uh, and, and I think that it's, it's, I get frustrated when Mojang does something where they, they bring it into the game. It's a great feature, but then it's missing just like one or two things, you know, like not being able to write on both sides of the, of the hanging sign, you know, like, um, not having the, the new clay pots. They're not directional. You can't place them like a barrel stuff like that. It's like, it's almost there. And I get, you know, and I just, I have to remind myself to be like happy that I have a new thing. as opposed to like the new thing that you, it almost does all the things that you want. And it's, a, it's an easy uh, treadmill to get on, you know, when you're just, you, when you want to kind of say like the things are almost there, but I, I feel like the, I do agree a bit with, with shepherd in that some of the things that they've been adding lately feel a little bit more single use than some other things in the game. But it also it's no different than a few other things like there's um what's a good example the cartography table you can't really use it for much more than what it is right unless yeah very specifically you've lucked out or planned i can't remember which face is the face that doesn't have any um color on it but there's one side of the cartography table that's just dark oak vertical planks and yeah, if that's yeah. your wall, great. But then you have to have that wall be your west. Like the cartography table is not directional, where some of the other profession blocks are. And I feel like you know it, it's not new that Mojang has added stuff that has kind of single use. I prefer it when things have multiple use, but it, it's not it's not news to me.
0: Yeah, i I think this this argument is obviously like like you said, one of control, one of maybe a little frustration in terms of what the update has purported to be its premise like the the self-expression thing and then limitations that it's imposing upon mm. self-expression but there have to be limits because it's a video game <laughs> and there's yes. only so much you can control i mean if you consider even the idea that in the real world we are limited in what clothes we wear based on what the current fashions are and what's available to buy in stores. And yes, you have like clothing going back however long and hand-me-downs and stuff that's not around anymore. So you don't have to wear what's in high street fashion. But then the only way to really break out of clothing that other people have manufactured is to manufacture it yourself. And so the options for self-expression really come with learning to customize this game through stuff like resource packs, which I believe correct me if i'm wrong folks but i think armor trims could be retooled that way um and the same kind of thinking applies to the note block argument is while it's it's strange that we can't tune multiple sound effects out of a single mob head in the same way that we tune notes in in a note block with the regular instruments now we do get near infinite options for sound effects by using player heads with nbt data that links to a different sound effect and resource packs that go along with that so it really, if you want more from these features in terms of self-expression, I'm pretty sure the tools are there, or if not, then the tools could be developed to allow players more self-expression if they're willing to take the extra step and start customizing the texture of that stuff themselves. Because we're working with the limitations all the time in just how many blocks there are in the world. Anybody who wanted to work with a pink would type before... Cherry wood was introduced in this snapshot, either had to go modded or had to retexture an existing wood type. Maybe they did that with jungle wood or whatever they didn't end up using as much. Acacia, even. Um, but I think just combining armor trims and the different armor materials is enough. Um, I, I was reading on Reddit when they initially posted the armor trim snapshot before leather armor was added, and there were already 86 billion possible armor trim combinations between all of the different materials, all of the different armor trims, all the materials you could apply to the armor trims and then different combinations of those that you could wear. But people still somehow want there to be more than 86 billion possible options and that stuff just gets overwhelming, I think, at a certain point. And going back to the idea of banners, I think there's so many different possible combinations of banners, but from an, like the average person's aesthetic sensibilities, there are going to be some that look like garish and clashing and you're not going to want to use them or there are going to be some that overlap and so there's no point in having those combinations the combinations themselves still exist but they suffer from a very like limited range of people actually wanting to use them um i think with too many options you start to get choice paralysis and like even consider the what you discussed with mythical sausage in the the episode when armor trims were were fresh and new you don't see your own character model that much so as far as self-expression goes you really have to be banking on you know looking at your character model a great deal in order to get your money's worth out of the extra effort it takes to implement overlaying combining armor trims in that way um I think my my point from this is that Minecraft players are capable of great creativity within the predefined elements of the game. We've been proving since the game's original days that we are capable of doing so many different things, even though we're all given the same blocks to play with. And so I think after a while, these are just going to integrate into the sandbox element of stuff. And as I'll get into with my discussion with armor trims, I think there's still a lot of option for self-expression there even if you're stuck with a limited list of materials and a limited list of armor trim shapes.
1: And I've got two small points to make before we wrap up the email discussion. Uh, The first of which is I can understand why they wouldn't go with the kind of banner mechanic for armor trim for two reasons. One, I personally don't like the way that they do banner patterns in the game. I find it convoluted. I don't bother with it very much as a result. Uh, I would be less inclined to mess with armor trim if that's how it was implemented. Um, I also think with the sheer volume of combinations that you've mentioned, that Mojang has to uh, at least control it to a point, because otherwise you're going to get armor that might have symbols on it that you don't want in Minecraft. I'll leave it there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, too, that um, there is that delicate balance between like, we'll just add a data pack or add add a mod or you can write your own mod. and I get to a point with something like, say, to bring up the the hanging signs where you can't write on both sides. I could probably find a mod or find a data pack to do that. I can't make one myself easily. And then I have to rely on someone else to either one, write one in the first place or two, write one that I like, that works, that updates with Minecraft the way that I want it. <laughs> yeah. and, I think, and I think that that's, that's the point where like, Well, I just, I don't want to play modded Minecraft or there's, and I find that on my streams, there is like a bit of a division where someone will come in and like the first question they ask is like, is this modded? And I say, eh, sort of. And I feel like it's become a bit of a gray area. Like there's mod packs that add so much to the game, like, you know, Vault Hunters or Better Minecraft or whatever it is. And those are very clearly a different experience in vanilla. But then there's all the data packs The fun things that custom servers do like on Empires and Hermitcraft, technically it's modded Minecraft, but they don't talk about it like it's modded Minecraft. They talk about it like it's a special thing that we do. And, And I feel like there's there's this gray area that has yet to be either accepted or, you know, Talked about in a way that's kind of synonymous with vanilla, and it's this weird gray area where people kind of like shrug and go, well, yeah, it's kind of modded," but they don't really think about it. They 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 still consider themselves vanilla Minecraft players, survival Minecraft players. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's a bit of a, a, a bit of a gray area. But I and I appreciate that that Shepard is coming it with from a, a bit of a devil's advocate, like not really you know coming down on it hard. But it's like here's an interesting conversation, and I I think it's worth having.
0: Yeah, definitely, and yeah, th- this is. You know, part of that self-expression thing really is kind yeah. of yeah, expressing yeah. that you want more self-expression. Um, but let, let's move on because I have a lot to say. The first thing I did when I was putting together the show notes for this week's episode was go in and fill out this section of okay, what have I missed, and what are my thoughts on all of the stuff from 1.20. So, if you'll indulge me. Uh, I have a fair bit to say about ground that you have probably trod already, but I'm interested to see if your opinion on armor trim and some of the other features that have been announced in the first couple of weeks. Uh, I know you've actually you've covered the article announcing archaeology, but the snapshot wasn't out then, so I expect you have more in-depth thoughts about that. But I will try my best not to retread old ground that we covered on uh, the episodes with mythical sausage and flip standing in for me as well as fix its episode of last week. Um, but where do you want to begin?
1: I I think armor trim. I'd, I'd say we go kind of like chronologically in terms of announcements because armor okay. trim has been around the longest, and you've probably had the longest to read about it or maybe even watch some videos of people messing with it.
0: Yeah, and I did. That was one of the first things I wanted to do when I stepped into the snapshot this weekend was like go looking for armor trim in survival. Uh, my opinion, smash hit feature. (laughs) I I really love it. We've thrown around this idea of armor cosmetics on the show before, and so I was kind of vindicated when I saw that we were getting cosmetic armor, but instead of it being individual pieces with a very specific characteristic the way it is in Minecraft Dungeons, where you have like the fox helmet and stuff like that, right? right? This is a really fun way of executing it, and I think it's got a lot going for it. There are lots of different different applications beyond just making armor more unique. I can see it being used for like either unified team colors or designs uh, for minigames. Uh, so like team roles could come into play as well. Like if you're wearing the Vex armor and it's red stripe, then you're on the red team and you're on offense. If you're wearing the ward set and it's blue, then you're on defense for the blue team. Like I, I think stuff like that, if you get familiar enough with the designs for armor trim, and you're able to find them, presuming you're doing this in survival. I think you can do a lot to help the designs differentiate different things for different players. Um, and there are enough of them; there, are, I believe, eleven of them right now um, that you can you can mix and match. And and uh, I'm I'm a big fan of anything in Minecraft that can be made virtually infinite. The leather armor editions made it just that, considering that there are you know tons of possible colors for for leather leather armor. So I think overall, it makes a really good first impression, and it delivers on long-term benefit. If you want to consider cosmetic stuff a benefit for a Minecraft world, I, I really think it's it's a a long-term way of making sure players are going to get something different out of their Minecraft experience. I,
1: and I and I agree. I, I think by and large, it's a it's a new good, like what's the word I'm looking for uh not limitless, but like it's it just you're covering Mojang is covering all of the bases for people that want to use armor trim. Like you can be a rainbow barf, you know, uh Minecraft player and just have all the colors and all the things doing whatever you want. Or you can be very specific and want like your netherite themed red trimmed you know evil looking you know very specific you know look uh and i think it's it's good for all of that and to your point earlier about the customization on the back end i think that uh what i like so much about armor trim is that if someone does want to add a data pack or maybe a, a mod that takes advantage of the numerous ways that you can make armor trim then you could take something that would be unlikely for someone to go get like maybe like a hot pink leather armor with uh, with yellow trim and have that model or texture in game be a tuxedo or uh, something completely unique, you know, like a Superman shirt or something cool and fun that you can make, you know, story tell stories within your own world. But that then comes with its own built-in vanilla game mechanic. You still need to go find that template and, mm-hmm. and costs the diamonds to do the thing. So it it's not just making a, a, a texture pack and applying that and then sacrificing something in game like the, the texture of iron armor, the texture of leather armor, you can actually go and say, all right, well, everybody else that's playing can still have their, their diamond armor or their netherite armor. But if I apply copper to my netherite, then it's all going to change, you know, for me to something else. And I think that that's, I think that that's a unique way of adding some built-in vanilla gameplay to the, the customized stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's really smart. Um, Have you had a chance to play around in the snapshot in survival and see what it's like collecting armor trim, or have you mostly just dabbled in creative so far?
1: I've done neither. I've actually decided to stay out of the snapshots this time around. I found that in previous experiences, I was burning myself out kind of exploring the snapshots. I have watched your video uh, going in survival, and I've watched a lot of the Exumavoid videos exploring things in creative uh, and seeing those functionalities. So I kind of had like an over-the-shoulder view um, and I really enjoyed your survival take on it. I thought like knowing how far you had to travel just to find a desert, you know, or knowing how far you had to travel just to find a couple of armor trims. And, and the fact that by the time you got into the snapshot, there were things like two armor trim templates in your, um, uh, I think it was a shipwreck that you found. Yeah. And, and I think like, I w- it would be very interesting to see had you been around and in there on the first snapshot where there would only be one right yeah and and i I, i'm curious to see like how that ends up you know going and and but i can see like the mentality of like oh i know these things are in the game i now need to hoard my diamonds because like i need to use seven of these you know to make uh, a trim template copy that kind of stuff
0: yeah see i wasn't aware that was a change that had been made since the first snapshot like i I didn't realize that adding two into each chest had been done deliberately after that and makes perfect sense i think it's a really clever way of allowing players that one mistake that they get when they realize that the armor trim has been consumed they've got another one in reserve and they can look up how to duplicate it and that can be the end of that right but um yeah like i i went ahead and did that without thinking so i would have lost my first chance at an armor trim um you know being able to reproduce it if i just straight up use that on my chest plate and then realize oh wait i can't do that anymore um so yeah like having having tried it in survival i don't think it's something that unless you get lucky with where you spawn and there are generated structures nearby or you know you you really want to go hunting for it i don't see it as something players are going to get immediately like if anything i see collecting those armor trims as more of an end game activity because It requires so much exploration. There are so many diamonds required to make it sustainable, but you're going to have a lot easier of a time finding structures that contain these things if you're more maneuverable, if you're traveling via nether portal so you can travel longer distances, or if you've got elytra so you can fly and spot the structures from the air. That's going to be way easier than it was for me scrambling to find a desert in a world that I didn't recognize. And so, yeah, like I I found a couple of things on the way, I managed to get the shipwreck armor trim, I got the desert temple one eventually, I got one from a pillager outpost as well, and that was enough for me to, like, just two of those, considering you get two per chest, was enough for me to fill out my entire armor set that I had at the time. Obviously I kept looking because I wanted to see more of them if I could, but you ended up with a decent amount of them quite quickly having two per chest is also great for multiplayer i think it's a good balance because inevitably these are the things that you're going to run out of very quickly on a nice active multiplayer server where everyone's going to try and run out and get the exclusive things and then hoard them to trade later or even just to be mean to other people and not allow everybody their fair shake at getting one um so i think in a single player world especially it's going to be an end game activity going further than you've been before to try and find bits and pieces like that but also Uh, being able to have the freedom of exploring absolutely everything in your surroundings on a a much easier level. Um, I kind of sympathize with folks who are worried about the cost to copy the templates, but I've talked about it on the show before. I'm generally in favor of an endgame use for diamonds because especially with the economy and servers post-mending and the fact that a lot of people are very aware of how to exploit villager trading now to get hold of You know diamond pickaxes for a single emerald you're gonna find that people just hoard diamonds very easily after that you can only really use them for enchanting tables and jukeboxes after that stage having something that makes diamonds valuable again kind of brings us back to either like the introduction of netherite if we want to only go back a couple of updates with players suddenly finding that netherites are you know netherite scrap and netherite um ancient debris is a hot commodity but doesn't feel like there's enough of it to really generate an economy around. Or you go back even further to before mending and you consider that everybody had to either repair their tools with diamonds or constantly create new tools as they became too expensive to repair. And then you realize, yeah, like there's a reason for diamonds to be worthwhile again if players want to continue creating different sets of armor with different armor trims. So I think that's pretty smart overall. Um, The other thing that this introduced, which... I didn't see coming really was the netherite upgrade process being different and i've seen a bit of back and forth about this but i think it's fine by me i don't always end up rushing netherite tools and armor in the early game and often when i'm in the early stages of a new world people will come into my streams or my comment section and go why don't you have netherite yet and i kind of go it's not really that different from diamond like i don't spend enough time risking my life around lava or fire or whatever to worry about stuff burning up and durability wise diamond is good enough for a long time um and i can see the netherite upgrade thing being more problematic in servers but overall i think it's a fairly balanced change and i can see their reasons for doing that how do you feel about netherite now you've had a couple more weeks to think about it
1: I'm I'm with you on it. Like I think it's a it's a decent change. I mean I don't have anything netherite outside of my boots that I wear around the server anyway. So it's the only thing that's going to affect me is that I might go looking for netherite before one point twenty drops. Yeah, <laughs> like I I might try to get geared up. It, it this kind of a change does not affect people on the citadel that much because we're such a long time world that you know a lot of the times we're already at a stage where. Uh, moving the netherite goalpost doesn't really affect us um, yeah i think that it's one of those things where like you see a big server big multiplayer server start up on a new season or something like that and you see people in netherite gear like a day after they start minecraft yeah and that, i mean like that's one i mean those are people that play minecraft for their job and they can sit down and do eight hours and get geared up if that's what they really want to do um, and i mean i could see myself doing that i'm not someone that really enjoys the early game i'm not gonna lounge around in it very long i could see myself going down and just kind of focusing on upgrades and getting stuff going so that when i go to build the next big project that i have in my mind that i'm gonna have the gear and stuff that i can that can last and not have to go repair it like every you know 10 minutes um but i i like it i think that it's it, it adds as you said End game valued diamonds i'm very curious to see the other kind of rushes that might happen at the beginning of a multiplayer server where someone would go out and get all of the armor trim templates then sell them
0: yeah because <laughs> yeah.
1: they want diamonds and they want a lot of diamonds but they won't don't want to have to go digging through deep slate to go get diamonds so hey let's just get the most valuable thing which is the new thing and sell it and i i think it's interesting i think the new economy uh could be very very cool i mean like It might not just be that it increases diamonds as a currency. Maybe armor templates themselves become a currency. And that actually brings me to something I wanted to ask you, which was when you found your armor template, did you, I don't remember in your video, did you duplicate one? Like, did you try to craft one? And was it clear to you what the recipe was for, for making a new one?
0: I didn't guess the extra material you need to include like i i had read that you needed seven diamonds and that you needed the armor trim template but i hadn't read the differences in material that if you want the shipwreck one to duplicate you need a block of cobblestone and if you want the uh nether fortress one to duplicate or the the bastion one then you'll need a block of netherrack and if you want the I think the ancient city one is mossy cobblestone or something like that. And there are a few different blocks there. So what I did was I just looked it up in the recipe book. And I think the recipe book is a resource players need to rely on a lot more internally rather than sort of guesswork and stuff like that. If I, once I had hold of it, it gave me the recipe. I just typed trim into the search field and made sure I was on like the all recipes view instead of just the craftable view in case I didn't have what I needed in my inventory. And it was pretty straightforward aside from that. But yeah, the, the base block of it being cobblestone was not something that was immediately obvious to me from having picked it up. So I'm glad that that exists. Um, I I don't know if I would do that necessarily any differently. But yeah, aside from the diamond cost, it didn't really have too many surprises for me.
1: I'm just wondering if they could change the texture of the trim icon to better reflect what it's made of. I, I think they... they tried but i because of the trim pattern that's on the trim template item i feel like it kind of overshadows whatever the underlying texture is supposed to be and um i thought i was thinking that if they maybe made the template um sprite look a little bit more like it's made out of cobblestone then that could be helpful but you know again i i agree that the recipe book is just what people have to have to go to use um but uh I, I could see it being a point of frustration for people trying to figure it out without having being read up on it like you and I are, right?
0: I think it becomes clearer once you have a couple of them because mm. looking at the icons for them, if I've got the coast armor trim, it kind of has like that barnacly texture on it and it's the one that you get from shipwrecks. And I got the sentry armor trim next, which was from a pillager outpost. Those two both require cobblestone. The next one I got was the dune armor trim from the desert temple. And that one's really obviously made of a different material. So if I'd already learned, oh, hey, you put cobblestone in these two. And I saw that one, I'd go, hey, maybe this one needs sandstone because I got it from a desert temple. And from there, if you see the other ones, like if you've got a group of them together it becomes more apparent that they're made of different stuff. I think it's just the fact that you're getting them in 1s and 2s to begin with, and depending on the ones you find, the easier ones to find, I think, are just overworld structures. The majority of those require overworld materials, and it's just whatever is in the environment around them. So, yeah, cobblestone, mossy cobblestone for the, the Ancient City one. Um, yeah, there's there's a few out there that could potentially throw you a curveball, but... I think it's just going to be something that players learn after a while especially if you find brand new stuff that you've never found before you're going to want to know how to craft another one so that's the recipe book or the wiki for you then yeah i mean
1: pur sandstone uh prison marine those are pretty obvious you know it, they, they they look very different but there's about five or six of them that are just gray <laughs> You yeah, know? yeah, sure, and sure. And you, you sort of have to think about, oh,
0: what might that be? It's just subtly different enough that you're like, oh, probably deep slate then. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what, one last thing about armor trims is that everybody immediately saying, well, what about trim on tools or elytra or horse armor? Mm-hmm. And in, in a very good natured way, I was rolling my eyes. I was going, <laughs> guys, slow down. <laughs> because, I mean, if you consider the approach Mojang has taken for this update is they release a feature that they think is, is pretty solid, And then there's a bit of community feedback and the more practical ideas and the more doable ideas seem to get done. If you look at the iteration process that took place for Chiseled Bookshelves and where they are now is so much better than where they were initially. And so they're giving themselves a bit of wiggle room, but I'm not sure if they're about to just throw a bunch of stuff into horse armor as well on top of the, you know, near infinite combinations that they have for for player armor. Um... Not to mention the fact that, yeah, you know, horse armor already has gold, diamond, and iron trim anyway, so you're, you're just layering stuff on top of that now, and, you know, I, I can maybe see it being given the edge now that they've made that change to horses, and horses having a little bit more player control over them, you kind of want to have something like that on your on your horse, but we also have leather armor, which can be dyed a bunch of different colors for horses. So you can still customize your horse to a certain extent without having to go into all right. Let's give them eighty-six billion combinations of armor trims as well. Yeah, um, I, I I'm all for that feature expanding in future, but people calling for it to happen in time for the release of 1.20, I think are maybe um, yeah overegging it slightly. Um, that being said, we'll see what happens because there's still. Time for feedback before those features go into a full release. So we'll we'll see if anybody is convincing enough at this point.
1: And it's not just armor trim, but there's a couple of other things that are happening in 1.20 that are solid updates, but then also open up the potential for decisions like that to be made down the line. Right? Yeah. You you have added armor trim. Armor trim coming 1.20 maybe something like a light trim could come later they've set up the precedent that if they want to do it it's not a stretch and i think that that's that's something that they could you know and especially the the technology has been added to the game where they've been able to do it to armor trim if they wanted to apply it in the same way to elytra then then they could um, I'm with you on the whole heart, horse armor, trim. I, I mean, I don't care either way. I don't, I don't <laughs> think that that's really something that needs the thing. The thing that strikes me is, is the point that mythical sausage made when we first heard about this was, was like, you know, I don't remember the last time I wore a chest plate once I found my elytra. Sure. Like I, yeah. You know, we just, I, I don't, it's great that it's going to look cool on my wall because <laughs> I'm not going to be wearing it. Um, and I, and I think that that's, I mean, that's a valid, valid point too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got other things, you know, and we should probably move on to, to the sniffer. Um, but to, to make that point, like the sniffer is coming and the sniffer sniffs up, um, what are they called? Torch flowers. Torch flowers. Yeah. That's you can add more flowers. I'm not saying they're going to, um, they've not said they will, but it's possible that the sniffer could sniff in different areas and get different stuff. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's not that I feel like the idea that, um, players are like yeah but we want all this stuff it's like yeah but all this stuff takes time and i think that to something that i've you know said a lot of times on the show which is that you know more updates more frequently in smaller doses and if you have something like the sniffer set up it does give you the opportunity for like in a minor update if you just want to add a new decorative flower that's great that's not something that requires a name you know (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> the flower number two update like that doesn't yeah. <laughs> need to be there but the sniffer does warrant like a big announcement but adding new stuff down the line doesn't and I think that they've set them up with themselves up with the sniffer to have options if they need uh, yeah to. and I really yeah. like that I really like that about
0: the sniffer I think both the sniffer and the archaeology mechanics have massive yes. yeah. potential mm-hmm. for expansion in future um they've they've mentioned the sniffer having decorative plants but then there's every reason for it to become useful again once they add new crops into the game and those are the only way you can get them. We I think we've we've kind of covered that, that base before and, and I, I like the idea. Um so I I, <laughs> I foolishly um spent most of my snapshot exploration video assuming sniffers would be implemented in survival already because I'd read about them being dug up from suspicious sand and by the end of it I recognized that they weren't yet. Um Aside from that, as expected, I love them. Um, I love the animations, the art style is fantastic, they have so much personality, I'm very happy I voted for them. I do wish they groaned a bit less, <laughs> because they they do have a very um, like repetitive noise, especially if you get multiple of them, it kind of becomes like the constant mooing of cows when you have a cow mm. farm. And I can't see people having tons of sniffers around, but right now they do tend to make a lot of noise. It may just be that I had mob sounds turned up that day, but they're they're noisy fellas. Um, But yeah, I I think they are just an adorable thing for the game. They're not going to be for everyone because not everyone is going to want to go looking for this new mob that's only going to give them new plants. And... I, I don't know as far as potential for emergent gameplay mechanics yet. If technical players are going to find out something from the sniffer that is, you know, game changing for them. But I, I do like the idea that we have another original mob for Minecraft, an original passive mob, which is something we don't get very often because passive mobs are so frequently real world animals. That I think it's really nice to see Minecraft taking a step into more original designs like that. And. I'm hoping that we get more than just torch flowers because they have said plants plural, and that could just mean they will dig up seeds for you more than once. But I'm hoping that we end up with a second set of plants. Um, there is a Twitter account out there which I won't name here, but has leaked Minecraft information in the past. Mentioned the names for all of the mob vote contestants for Minecon, uh, Minecraft Live 2022. Um, Tweeted an emoji of a vase before the archaeology stuff was announced and posted a picture of some flowers which were definitely not torch flowers, um, including some wall plants that haven't been added yet and some plants that were growing out of the ground. They were blue rather than the kind of, you know, torch flame gradient that torch flowers have. So potentially that was something else we might see coming for the sniffer. In this update, although I had a pet theory that if Mojang wanted to catch a leaker internally, because they clearly have access to Mojang assets, they seemed like pretty official looking designs. Um, it, it would be funny if they leaked a different asset to different people and saw which one got posted, <laughs> and then they could, you know, corner somebody in an office and say, It's you, you're the culprit. Um, but, yeah, if we end up getting more plants from the sniffer, which I hope we do, I will be very happy. Because I like torch flowers. I'm glad they have technically some use because they're able to craft orange dye. It's not the first time we can do that. Orange tulips already provide orange dye, so it's not a unique thing to torch flowers themselves. Um, it feels unusual to me planting flowers as though they're crops is the main thing. Because, yes, that's a way we could potentially reproduce them instead of farming flowers the way we do with bone meal right now. Um, but it does feel kind of strange planting them on farmland and that being the only way that they grow, and then only getting a, a decorative, dye-producing plant out of that. Um, the the stuff we grow, we're used to it being edible, I suppose, which is the, the weird part. Um, I've seen a few people saying that they should emit some light to live up their namesake. I, I kind of agree. I think it's nice having more organic light sources. Torch flowers aren't really related to anything from the real world so they're along the same lines as glow berries and glow lichen and stuff in terms of natural bioluminescence is going to be kind of fine as a concept they're they're a fantasy plant um but yeah i I like the uh the idea and i'm i'm pretty pleased with the texture i think aesthetically they look quite pretty
1: oh yeah i agree i think that they look great i agree with your assessment of the name i think they should emit some sort of light i would be in love with them if they emitted very low level light, like mm-hmm. two, three, something. Just have them glow at night and look cool. Not necessarily something that's going to be functional, like a torch and light up 15 blocks. I I think that would be overkill because then your then your garden is going to be like neon. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if that's what people want, but I I think that that could be a really fun thing to add if they have like a little bit of a of a light or. Maybe they only emit light at night. You know, like maybe they're they only light up at night, something like that. It would be cool if the texture changed. Maybe they open up and close. You know how some plants will open up and close different times of year? It'd be kind yeah, of interesting yeah. if a torch flower opened up at night and then was like a green bud during the day, but then it was an orange flower at night. Anyway, mm-hmm. I think I think they're very cool. I, I like the look of them. Uh I uh, I was hoping for something a little bit taller, but they they certainly look uh outer worldly. They they, they look nothing like any other flower in the game and i think that's good it kind of differentiates them as like this is an ancient seed ancient flower currently extinct we are bringing it back with with the sniffer i think that's that's pretty cool um i'm hoping that there are more and i'm hoping that they are as unique as as the torch flower as well
0: I also love the fact the sniffer does have six legs after the debate we had around this Mm -hmm. like are are we interpreting this animation correctly it does and um i think it was chi uh on the from from the the art team the 3d modeling uh specialist was recommending that people use a dinner bone name tag on the sniffer to turn it upside down so that you could see the walk cycle and the way the legs move and the way the legs move is not too dissimilar to the way cows and sheep's legs move in terms of the that the animation they don't have knees or anything under there but they've managed to make it feel like it has a very distinctive walk thanks to the fact that it has six legs they're all moving at different times and they kind of trundle around at a slower pace i think it's a uh, a fun walk cycle they put together for them so big fan of the sniffer so far we'd love to see it do a little bit more to find its place in the game
1: Where do you stand on things like the new sniffer animation with the up and down movement of the legs along with the side to side with the rocking of the body and the big nose kind of like expanding whenever it sniffs when it ends up being alongside of a Minecraft cow that's treading water as it kind of hovers along the ground
0: yeah i th- i think it's reason to go back and revise old animations when they can rather mm. than the sniffer animation having to be nerfed <laughs> you know i I, I think i think it's a lot better like we've talked about wanting to have minecraft feel like it's a game that belongs in 2023 instead of 2012 and i i i think stuff like this moves the game forward into having a more modern game aesthetic while still keeping everything that makes it minecraft and like yeah even though we had retextures of some stuff in the past with the texture update for 1.14 that's now several updates ago and i i do think maybe animation updates when they've got uh clearly a bunch of very talented animators i think you could do a lot with that um i'm not too impatient for it though because there are still things about cows and sheep that feel comforting and familiar but I don't think the sniffer feels too out of place and it could very well be a reason to keep them separate if that's a jarring change for you like corral your sniffers somewhere different and it can feel like a a slightly different looking game when you go over there but yeah to me I'm, I'm not too bothered by it yet I would love it to be a good reason for them to update other animations for the game in future but I'm not gonna you know hang my hat on that particular change so we've
1: had almost two and a half years to look forward to archaeology coming to the game. And now you have had a chance to actually run around in a Minecraft world and and look for stuff uh, and and take part. So what were your first impressions of, of doing that
0: in a survival world? So this is where my opinion is a little more reserved. I love the archaeology system and I really hope we see it expand either in upcoming snapshots or in future updates. Uh, because right now, while it does it well, it really just does one thing. Um, so the brush is fun. I like using it on the suspicious sand blocks, and I think it's cool that you can use it to brush other things to no effect. Uh, so I went around brushing like cacti and things, being like, "Oh, a little bit of dust over here," kind of thing. Yeah, you know, it's it's fun, fun role play for the cleaning ladies out there. Pearlescent Moon will probably love it. Um, but I I find myself slightly, if not disappointed, then at least like you know, I, I I do, I liked the idea of there being layers of sand and gravel and dirt that we could do this to, and signposting them is clearly a priority when it comes to suspicious sand being introduced, it's so that there is obviously a block that this does work on, so you don't waste your time brushing every sand block in the desert, but I find it kind of a shame that it's just one block, and it's one block that occurs incredibly rarely. It's, you know it's just in desert temples and desert wells right now which makes those a destination and it increases the the context of archaeology being from existing structures that are part of the existing minecraft world but there is much less of the feeling of fun and exploration that i get from running into those things randomly because right now if you see a desert temple you know you're guaranteed a certain amount of suspicious sand blocks and there's a couple of them in every desert well. But if you don't see those, then you just don't get to interact with archaeology at all. And I find that sours it slightly for me. And I can see the difficulty in balancing the suspicious sand idea. You know, you want to encourage exploration, so you limit the amount of loot that you can get. Um, but it, it kind of feels, A, too predictable after a while. Uh, we've already talked about armor trim potentially being scarce after people have gone to a couple of the nearby structures like imagine trying to you know explore anything archaeology wise with it in its current state on a server where people have already gone to the desert temple and looted it and you know you have to travel potentially tens of thousands of blocks to find a valid desert temple where you could actually try and sweep for pot shards. i i don't like that as a as a, a solution for how players interact with this so i hope there's there's more coming Um, It also felt initially disappointing to me that you didn't always get a full set of pot shards from one area. The loot that it is seeded with seems to be maybe tied to the world seed, but it's a broader variety of stuff. So I was getting gunpowder, I got a couple of diamonds and emerald, and then three pot shards. And yes, I could add a brick into that, I found out later, but I I sort of thought... Well, that's a reason to go out and explore more desert temples. So yeah, I had to go looking for another desert temple or a desert well, and that meant that I was continuing my exploration. That in itself is a good thing from a motivation perspective, but it sort of felt like you really didn't get much from what is otherwise a fairly scarce resource. So I don't know. I'm kind of in two minds about archaeology right now. Uh, How do you feel about it, having seen it in this week's Snapshot?
1: Uh, Very similar in terms of the amount of effort in to find the suspicious sand and then having a loot table once you get there and we had a similar conversation about uh, armor trim templates about things like you have a a 20% or a 10% chance for it to be in a chest in a woodland mansion when the woodland mansion itself is hard enough to find. Yeah, and sure. Mojang then adjusted that and said like, if you find a woodland mansion, you will find an armor trim template in that woodland sure. mansion because yeah. that they wanted it to feel good for players. And I would I would hope that they could adjust, you know, the loot for archaeology so that it does feel a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, fulfilling for players that have found. So you get excited when you see a uh, a desert temple, not I hope it has what I want it's it's oh cool a desert temple i'm going to get some cool stuff here and i think that that's an important feeling to kind of note um i'm okay with something like a clay brick being every once in a while because i think it's an, an addition to um the recipe book it also communicates to players that you can build the pots out of clay bricks as well as yeah just chards. bricks yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so you don't so that's the thing if you just want the pot and you're not too fussed about the actual um designs on the side of it you can just make one with clay like you don't Mm -hmm. you don't need to go to a desert temple at all i like that i think it's cool for hey if you really want this new block model you don't need to go all over the place you can just use the clay you have and make a pot The just the catch is that it's not going to have you know a a, a face on it if, if that's what you want a pattern on it for now um and i i i think that having like diamonds and emeralds that's okay they're cool like especially early game that's the fun find but i feel like the other stuff like the gunpowder and the other you know like lesser desired loot drops not not something that i would think i'd be digging out of suspicious sand with an archaeological brush right like i feel like the diamonds and the emeralds make sense the pottery shards and the bricks do make sense i think the adjustment could be made to your point that you get mostly pottery shards Um, but I think the gunpowder and other stuff, I would just, I would be mad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Gunpowder feels like such a weird thing because like you've sifted sand and you're getting a different powder out of it. (laughs) but like, You know, it's (laughs) this clump of gunpowder as though it's already like in a, in a, in a box or a bag. I feel like solid objects should be the limitation for what you can get out of suspicious sand to begin with. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping as you discussed with Fix It last week, perhaps we'll get, um, something like Ocean Ruins will get doubtful dirt instead of suspicious sand. Maybe we get incredulous gravel from jungle temples. I don't know. Sus- <laughs> suspicious snow, even. Um, maybe something from ancient cities. Maybe there's there's a a little bit of gravel down there that we can try and sift for old artifacts, maybe echo shards or whatever to add to the the loot table there. And maybe the brush is still going to alert the wardens, so you've got to be extra careful. But I I would like there to be an expansion to it beyond what we already have because what we already have seems a lot more like something that's a, it's a one and done you know you, you you've done it once you get the idea you move on um, and and that would be a shame for something that has been anticipated to the level that it has on the flip side i love how polished it feels compared to what we originally saw at minecraft live i think the resulting mechanic feels very minecrafty like it feels minimalist but in a good way and i like the pots quite a bit uh, they're a solid aesthetic addition i think they do need more variety i would like maybe twice as many designs um and then potentially the ability to make them more colorful uh, again you talked about that with fix it last week being able to dye them being able to even like glaze them with glazed terracotta designs somehow would be really nice Um, I would also like if pots were like a piggy bank because you smash them using a pickaxe right now so I love the idea of being able to put an item in a pot but then not being able to retrieve it unless you were willing to break it open because then you can always reassemble the pot afterwards right so you're not losing the shards by doing that it just seems like a fun way of including loot and it's going to appeal to any Zelda fans out there who are used to throwing pots around to get like rupees out of them and um the other thing is I like that the neck of the pot doesn't have a hitbox so it effectively occupies a regular block space and you can put a block above it you can add a fence post in it and then add a leaf on top of that to make it look like a little you know house plant you can throw walls in there you can even put a regular clay flower pot in there and it's the exact same size as the neck of the the decorative pot to the point where like they actually Zed bash a little bit like the there's a bit of Zed fighting in the textures, but then you can put a regular flower into that and it just looks like a massive flower pot for a tiny little poppy or something. Um, but I, I think those are those are solid. Like those are a, a good addition. It's just a shame that the mechanic to get hold of them feels. Otherwise, like, it doesn't have any expansion to it yet. Maybe that's coming in the the iterations as they move forward in the snapshot development process. Maybe that's coming in a future update. Maybe they just thought, we'll probably leave it there. But I'm I'm excited to see either way what we get out of archaeology in the future.
1: I like your idea of putting stuff in it. Reminds me of Minecraft Dungeons, you know, walking around in dungeons and smashing, getting emeralds out of things. And I think they should have more in common with barrels. I think that as a decorative block, if they want players to be able to express themselves with them, And have that expression go beyond putting it in the corner and looking at it i feel like it needs to have a direction you know because right now the very cool part about that hitbox not including the top means that you can stack them on top of one another you could put them in a pillar you know you could have like your red sandstone pillar with a a pot that has carvings on the side of it like there's a, a bunch of possibilities there you can include them in a wall and have the patterns you know again be part of a story you're telling on the wall I agree that I think they need a lot more than four images and colors are also high on my list of things that I would add. But the biggest thing for me is direction. I'd love to be able to take the the pot and lay it on its side, you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and uh, you know, hang it from the ceiling, stuff like that, because that goes to uh, the point we had earlier from Shepard saying it takes the pot from being just a pot to being a pot and a building block and if it's dyed white, it could be the tooth on a snake sculpture. And if it's dyed black, it could be the spike on a castle. Like you just the mm-hmm. list goes on yeah. with just a few changes with directionality and with color. And it just opens it up to the imagination and expression of the Minecraft player. And I, I don't want to come down on it too hard because this is the first time we've seen it in a snapshot. We still have, you know, hopefully some iterations coming. And so um hopefully that'll be that'll be in there. But my my hope is that they they pull it a little bit more towards the way that a barrel works. Uh, uh, compared to just the way that it is now. Because it reminds me of those workstation blocks that are frustrating to try and use in any other way.
0: Yeah. On the flip side, though, we now have a block palette that better supports the decorated pot now that we have things like mud and mud bricks and everything. So we were talking about, you know, the, the use of it in like a castle turret kind of design. You could potentially now consider making a castle out of mud bricks and you've got a few more things to support that build palette. So there is potential there. I think the potential has room to expand in future um we'll quickly touch on cherry grove biomes before we wrap up the show because that was the newest news uh, after you having had a- talked about archaeology and knowing about the sniffer since the minecraft live mob vote Cherry groves came out of nowhere, and in my opinion, super welcome addition. Uh, I've wanted cherry blossom in the game for a while, even to the point where when I've played mod packs or anything like that in the past, or any sort of retextures of vanilla leaves, I have sought out these kinds of biomes to build in, because I think they create such a beautiful aesthetic. The wood itself is a great addition to the wood palette, and if you don't like the colour, easy to retexture, paint it white, do whatever you want to. Um... Ultimately, I was not expecting us to get two new wood types this update between this one and bamboo. So Mojang really isn't afraid to add new wood types anymore. After the Nether update opened the floodgates, they seem to have uh, a whole bunch of those on the on the pipeline. So cherry groves, uh, big thumbs up from me. I like them a lot.
1: I yeah, I fantastic. I think they look great in the world. I really like the angular <clears throat> cherry trees uh, and that they don't connect on the corner. They connect via the face of the block. It makes them feel a little bit chunkier, but it makes them feel less, I'm gonna use air quotes, Minecrafty. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they they feel more like a modern addition to the game. I really I I like the blossoms uh and the the foliage in the trees. It's a little bit dense for me, but that could just be because I'm used to using things like um mods that allow minecraft to run faster by not rendering the other side of the block so until i actually get them in the game for me i don't know whether they might appear a little bit less dense like they might have a little bit more alpha channel going on with them um but they're very very cool very pretty color um i think obviously it's a lot nicer than using a uh, pink concrete and pink wool to kind of make cherry trees
0: yeah concrete um, powder where you have to deal yeah. with the gravity as well and that kind exactly of yes. exactly yes. and
1: uh, the petal animation. Uh, this is, I think, one of the first times we're, we're we're getting. I guess, um crying Obsidian does this. We've got blocks like the spore blossom, but that's like it's a very very unique thing. Not that the cherry tree leaf is not unique, but it's a block and it's something that you could potentially, you know, use to create these floating petals in different areas in your base if you want to have a pink petal shower in the middle of your living room you can absolutely have it and i think that that's very very cool because it means that custom cherry blossom trees will also have it it's not just a, a biome related thing it's actually tied to the block which was which was just cool mm-hmm. um i like the wood type i like the you know the way that it, the the patterns i really like the stripped cherry wood i i like that color better than the planks but as yeah. we've said before like i can't see myself building with a lot of pink right now but I'm sure I'll find uses for it. Somebody mentioned in my chat that we're really close to having a good Neapolitan palette in the wood types. <laughs> <You> know, that <laughs> yes. was pretty. I thought that was pretty good. The, the strawberry ice cream block. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly, right? So I thought that was really good. Um, I, uh, I really enjoy the detail and quality of the door and the trapdoor. Mm, uh, yes sim- similar to our conversation about the sniffer though it does make some of the older trapdoors look a little bit dated um, <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things like ah it's really pretty but it's pink so like mm, yeah i wish that it was a little bit more so and i don't want to get into that like i wish we had it but conversation but i i like i really like the, the the biome and i really like everything they've got going on the wood block with the bark is nice it's got a little bit of like magenta in it and uh i think all of it goes very good with uh mangrove and crimson I yes. think that it's kind of like helps with any kind of gradients or palettes that people are working with, and the uh, what are they called? Petal carpets? What are they called? The
0: I think they're just called pink petals as pink a petals. block or an item. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely steals the show for me. So yeah, very like the, cool. Mm-hmm. Like they've they know, they've done a really good job with it because it's got four kind of block states, similar to candles or sea pickles. You kind of build it up, and mm-hmm. the incredible trick of that is that it scatters them randomly throughout the biome and it doesn't feel repetitive to look at. You're not seeing the same combinations of flowers over and over again, even though you are. And I think it's it's a remarkable trick on the part of the art team to have that done in a way that doesn't make the player go, oh, this looks really obviously tiled. Like it genuinely interacts with the environment in a nice way. I think that's, that's a really great addition. And I can see people using them aesthetically all over the place. So oh,
1: absolutely. Great job. And- here's the icing, they're directional. Mm, So if you you face northeast, southwest, it always starts in the bottom right corner as far as Mm -hmm. when you're looking at it and goes around the horn from there. And that means that if you wanted to tile the whole thing as densely as you can you can just rotate the way that you place them you'll be dizzy <laughs> by the time <laughs> you're done but you will end up with like as you said something that doesn't look like a tiled minecraft block and i love them i think there's i mean like i mean you and i can think of someone in our community that's going to go ham <laughs> oh i'm <laughs> sure these. yes uh, but yes I, I mean i think everybody is going to be using them to great effect and i, I think that they're a, a welcome welcome addition
0: I'm, I'm not going to open this can of worms right now, but I'll leave you with the thought of wondering if cherry groves were either a reaction to the disappointment around birch forests not getting an update in 1.19 after we saw the concept art at Minecraft Live, or a result of the team brainstorming stuff for birch forests and then thinking, wait a minute, that would be way better if we did it for a cherry grove biome like the imagining introducing flowers to birch forests the same way that petal carpet mechanic works in cherry groves and then thinking no we should just do this with cherry blossom okay let's cancel birch forests and do a cherry grove instead and just needing a little extra time to develop it or if cherry groves had just been around for a little while and just this was the right time to introduce them i'm i'm not sure one way or the other but i think I I want to believe that this was at least influenced by the community's, we'll say, passion for uh, birch forests. And and hopefully that's another thing in this update that Mojang is is keen to listen. Um, But that's where we'll leave this uh, episode of The Spawn Chunks, folks. Thank you so much for listening. You can find more information about the show and links to some of the stuff that we've talked about at thespawnchunks.com. The music for the show is composed by me and The Spawn Chunks is proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you're getting some value out of the show, why not consider putting some value back in? You can visit patreon.com slash chunks to join our community. Pledging at any level will get you an invite to our patrons only Discord chat. You can listen to the show when it's recorded live in Discord every week. We also have a monthly Minecraft audio hangout coming out on the last Saturday of the month when we uh, hang out with our community and they let us know what they've been up to in Minecraft that month. We are currently at 332 patrons, which is up four from last week. Thank you so much to everybody who has hopped on board. And special thanks to our content engineers, Hunter555, JumboSale, and Yitz, for your support on this episode.
1: Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. You can find us at The Spawn Chunks on Twitter and Instagram. Personal recommendations are by far the best way to share the podcast. Just poke a friend in the arm from a safe distance and let them know that they can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Really, wherever you can find a podcast, you can find at The Spawn Chunks. Be sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. You can email the show at spawnchunkmail at gmail.com. The RSS feed is linked at the and the patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page where you can listen to the Render Distance, the extended version of the podcast.
0: My name is Johnny, but online I go by PixelRiffs. You can find most of what I do over at youtube.com slash PixelRiffs. It's been a little quiet over there since I've been away for a little while, but there are a couple of things for you to watch. I published a full tutorial for my copper aging machine, including all of the updates to automating, loading, and unloading. Would love if more people check that out. And you can also see my exploration of the latest snapshot in survival over there empires smp will be back soon and i'm also streaming that on twitch this week doing behind the scenes work for upcoming episodes i'm the voice of the unofficial hermitcraft recap which you can find through a quick search on youtube and aside from that i'm at pixarus on both twitter and instagram joel where can people find you online
1: Everything I'm up to online can be linked at joelduggan.com, including my other podcast, The Citadel Cafe, about sci-fi and fantasy entertainment. Have one coming out about Wakanda Forever. And this week, my server mate, Alistair McFly, is going to be joining me. And we're going to be talking about the season premiere, season three of Picard that came out on the weekend. You can follow me at Joel Duggan on social media and Joel Duggan on Twitch, where I stream at least three days a week, more like five lately. Lego on Fridays, Minecraft, the rest of the time.
0: Thanks for visiting the spawn chunks, spring has come at last, to the boundless outside world, cherry trees in bloom.